Hello, this is Larry Dobrow, Senior Editor of MM&M, and welcome to the MM&M Podcast, the first one of 2020. Um, we decided to uh, come into the new year strong with one of our good friends, one of our favorite people, Wendy Lund, who's the CEO of GCI Health. Um, we'll bug her in a second, but first, a couple of our usual plugs. Um, nominations for MM&M's Hall of Femme are now live. Uh, please go to our website and through any of our social media feeds for more information on that. And we will be launching our annual healthcare marketers survey probably within the week. So um, we'd love to have everybody fill that out, get a nice, robust data set. So please check that out as well. All right. Wendy, welcome. Thanks so much for coming in. Hi. I'm, I'm so excited. I was on my way here, you know, over on Fifth Avenue, so just a few blocks thinking, wow, like this is like the first thing I'm doing this year. So glad <laughs> to be here with you guys. Well, today. I'm going to throw you right in the water. You Uh-oh. Know? <laughs> well, you, you have a couple of distinctions that... Very few of our guests do have. First of all, I believe that you are the first person to appear on both the MM&M podcast and the PR Week podcast. Am I? From our sister publication. Oh, wow. So um, I believe you get some, you know, fabulous prizes at the door on the way out. Um, and also, you are our reigning agency, midsize agency of the year, and our reigning um, agency entrepreneur of the year. So um, that's actually going to form the backbone of our talk. We're going to talk a little bit about, you know, how do you get to where you are, which I believe a lot of agencies would like to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. So let's, uh, let's start off with kind of the most basic thing. Um, you know, we're familiar with your background, and I think it's interesting and a lot less linear than a lot of other people in your position. Um, tell us a little bit about it, starting from when you were doing nonprofit work, um, United Way, Planet Parenthood, and everything else. Yeah. So first of all, thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here, and uh, I definitely find it a distinction to be on both the uh, PR week as well as MM&M. I love both. So it's every day, wake up to both of you. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I do have a pretty out-of-the-box background, and I actually am very grateful to the people who actually originally hired me over to the agency side because mm-hmm. it was a little bit of a risk bringing me over. Um, I started my career, as you said, nonprofit, working at United Way. I actually started with another person who was my boss, mm-hmm. uh, the Gifts and Kind program, giving away stuff to people all over the United States, um, which was very meaningful. And then I went to Planned Parenthood and an organization called the National League for Nursing. So Planned Parenthood, I feel like I still live it every single day. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge believer in reproductive rights. I thought Michelle Williams was great on the Golden Globes the other night. Um, She really said it all, that we could be asleep and one day wake up and these rights could be taken away from us like that. So we really have to be vigilant. And it's easy to forget about it every day and go to work and do our thing. But I think we all need to go to bed at night and remember in the morning that we have these rights for a bunch of women who really fought hard to get them for us. And we need to keep it going and not, not lose it for ourselves, but of course, for our children and our daughters, et cetera. Amen. So I brought that mission-driven focus um, over to the agency side, and um, it's been a wonderful run. And I was at another agency for 12 years, and then I went to GCI Health. It'll be my 10-year anniversary, February 8th. So I can't believe I've been here 10 years, but it's been quite a ride. And I'm really, really happy I made that decision to move over to the agency side over 20 years ago. Um, When you said earlier that you think the person who brought you into the agency world took a little bit of a risk, Why, why, why do you say that? Why were you a risk? Um, I basically, my idea of PR uh, was very different at Planned Parenthood than what you would think about in terms of marketing a drug. Mm -hmm. You know, we received calls from reporters every day. We never had to go out to those reporters necessarily. Um, And I think one of the funniest stories is when I first came over, they asked me, well, do you know how to work with the FDA? And I said, of course I do. Mm -hmm. And basically my idea of working with the FDA was, you know, giving out 
um, emergency contraception to women all over the U.S. and, you know, it wasn't labeled yet and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and that's what my thought was and my vision was for how to work with the FDA. I learned very quickly uh, the whole different. regulatory environment <laughs> and how it works. But I mean, at the end of the day, everything I've done is really about just being a really quick study and making sure I really dig in and understand what I'm talking about and doing to best support the people I'm working with. Um, when you formally started, you know, with some of the agencies um, and, of course, GCI Health, what, what were some of the things about the industry that either surprised you a little bit or, you know, kind of intimidated you a little bit? I think the thing that really I loved about the industry, I guess more than anything, was the creativity that I was able to find moving over to more of an agency environment, the collegiality, the fact that your day changes every minute in every way, I'm just super busy, um, the fact that clients are just amazing people to work with and who are willing to like kind of make changes and do different things and be aspirational in their focus. So I think for me coming from a organization that was all about breaking new ground, I was really pleasantly surprised that I could bring that over to the agency world and work with clients in that way and, and who were willing to try and new and different things. And that, that's interesting that you phrase it that way because, you know, there's a large sense that, you know, health and wellness and, you know, especially pharma companies, they're a little reluctant. They mm -hmm. want somebody else to do something first, but that's actually the opposite of what you just described. Um, did you draw a good hand or was it a matter of, you know, saying, hey, here's a good argument for being a little more progressive in terms of communications, in terms of marketing? I think it's more the second mm -hmm. is just never kind of giving up yeah. and, you know, looking at ways to do things differently without breaking rules and breaking laws. Mm -hmm. And I think we wouldn't be where we are today if the scientists who exist and the communicators and the marketers and the executives who exist weren't pushing forward in some way or another. And I think to do that, you always have to push a boundary. Mm -hmm. right. um, you just said before that it's about to be your 10th anniversary at GCI Health. Um, when you took over, it was a considerably different operation than it is now in terms of size, in terms of client base and everything else. Um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was more a PR shop, a pure play PR mm -hmm. shop than it is now, which mm -hmm. is something that does pretty much all disciplines mm -hmm. across all channels and everything else. Mm -hmm. um, tell, tell me a little bit about your arrival at GCI Health, um, what you inherited um, and what your first orders of business were when you got there. That is such a great question. So when I first arrived, I probably expected something that was a little more global and a little larger mm -hmm. because you know GCI as an agency had such an incredible reputation and then they went through a merger and then GCI Health emerged. Mm -hmm. um, the one thing that stood true to everything was the people that I worked with. I made the decision to go there because of the people I met mm -hmm. and the incredible commitment to healthcare, the understanding of what it takes to make a client successful and just their commitment in general to being great communicators. Um, but you know, the thing I loved about the most was their willingness and their openness to change. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing I did was, you know, in working in another agency for so many years was the huge acknowledgement that you're only as good as everyone around you. So the first thing I set out to do was to find a team of people that would work alongside me as my partners collaborating with me here in the US and then eventually in Europe and now in Asia to make sure that we could all work together to build what we've built. And I think, you know, if I were going to credit anything, it would be that. Um, the first thing I did, it's a like, little known secret, is I went out and got this book, which is called You're a CEO, Now What? And, <laughs> and this book was like, was like 99 <laughs> pages, which is good for my attention span. Yeah. And, um, and the other big learning and big person I have to credit is my dad. He was a senior executive at Tiffany's. He opened up the entire chain of Tiffany stores across the United States, and he had an incredible career there. And he's always been my advisor in terms of what are the things I should be sweating out and what are the things I should just let go and keep moving on. So I really credit him. 
him with a lot of my success in my career. Yeah, you, know, you know, it's funny. You've mentioned him before in conversations that we've had. What, what was some of the best advice that he imparted to you along the way? Um, were there times that you just went to him and kind of said, like, what do you got here for me, Dad? Or was it? Yeah, I have some really good memories. I mean, I was really lucky. I got to work at Tiffany's really early in my career, and they mm-hmm. trusted me with a lot because my father was such a senior person. I, you know, worked during Princess Diana's wedding. Mm-hmm. I mean, really dating myself. I was a personal shopper for her wedding. Very cool. But there were a couple things that really stood out to me from my dad that I brought forward. Um, the first was I'll never forget. You know, Tiffany's back then was a very stodgy organization. It was made up of all the same kind of people. My dad was an anomaly. He was the first Jew I think that ever worked there. You know, so. So it was a big deal for my family to be engaged with like this these these folks. And I'll never forget, he walked in an elevator and he it was like a whole group of people up on Fifth Avenue, and everyone turned to me and said, Your father is the most amazing man alive. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't the way I think it was there. You know, I didn't get involved with as many senior executives, but the warmth that exuded in that elevator taught me a lesson that I always have to be a person who really cares about the people you work with. Um, And the other thing is really getting back to this whole idea of not sweating the small stuff and really thinking about the big picture all the time and not getting caught in the weeds. Even today, if I call him and I start to like complain about anything, he's like, this is not a big deal. You don't need to worry about it. And probably the third thing was his incredible focus and understanding of finances. And that definitely came forward with me in my career. And my mom was a social worker, mental health counselor. So the humaneness of her also kind of like intersected with his financial prowess to kind of, I think, form the interests and the abilities that I have today. And also you did it in the field like health where empathy is such a huge yes. advantage if you don't have it. I don't yes. know how you do this well. Yeah. I mean, seven years at the National League for Nursing taught me a lot, um, especially around nurses who are the most amazing people out there. Mm-hmm. I love doctors. I love everybody. But whenever I'm with a nurse, I know that you're going to get a certain kind of care that you can't really get from anywhere else. And it taught me a tremendous understanding. I learned a lot from being there for so many years and growing from, you know, very junior in my career, getting my master's degree while I was there to being a senior manager and then moving on to Planned Parenthood. So that was really the beginning of my healthcare trajectory working there. Right. This is way off topic, but uh, okay. since we were talking about it, um, the evolution of Tiffany as a brand, <laughs> what, you know, looking at it, you know, when you work there, when your father was there versus now, um, you know, Tiffany is now perceived as a brand that's almost light on its feet versus the kind of stodgy yeah. rep it had, you know, years and years ago. What, what, what do you what do you make of that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really cool. I just was in Tiffany's because I just got remarried. Hey, congratulations and on yes, that as and well. And I got to have a trip to Tiffany's in the process. Um, and it was interesting remembering from the, you know, mid-1980s to now what life was like then and, and now. And, yeah, I mean, Tiffany's was, in my view, you know, it was a stodgy organization. It grew out of a, you know, being around over 100 years. Mm-hmm. And, when you know, it's an iconic company. You know, you walk in and you, the Tiffany Diamond and all these things, and you're like, wow, Tiffany's is like no other thing in the world. It's amazing. And then I think it went through a period where Avon took over and it kind of morphed into a different company. But in my last visit to Tiffany's, I was actually really impressed. Things were much more modern, contemporary, fashionable. Uh, I felt like the people you talk to were much more day-to-day, like could talk to you. And so I, I do think that it's actually turned into, you know, or evolved into an incredible company and an incredible store. And I think that they actually were the ones who invented this whole idea around personal shopping, which is obviously like what all of us do every day now. And Amazon has completely, you know, transformed that for us. So interesting. Um, back on to topics. Sorry okay. about that. Health. <laughs> that was on, that's on me. That's on me. Um, the, the evolution of GCI Health in terms of growing it from where it was when you started to where it is today. Give, give me kind of a state of the union as to GCI Health circa early 2020. Um I, I think, you know, the accolades, not just coming from us, but coming from other 
organizations and everything else. I mean, it's the perception that GCI Health is one of the agencies that gets it, you know, for lack of a more elegant way to put it. Um, t- tell me a little bit about the agency's current positioning and kind of where you stand heading into uh, 2020. Yeah, so we ended the year on a great note um, for a lot of reasons. We, um, you know, just had significant number of clients where we did wonderful, incredible things. In the end of the year, when we started to look at all the approvals that came out, you know, the 45 approvals and the top clients and this and that, we were you know, represented by our clients through all those lists. And that, you know, made us so excited. I think one of the other things that really defines us is our incredible passion around what we do. You know, we're proud to be part of all this innovation. You know, if you look back over the last 10 years, my God, where we started and where we ended in terms of cancer and rare disease mm-hmm. and chronic disease and maternal and child wellness. I mean, all these things, like just the the transformation has been insane and, and amazing. And we are just very proud and our teams are very proud to be a part of that. So we ended the year on a great note not just from a business perspective, but from a team perspective. We have an incredible team. We were able to expand into Germany and to Singapore last year. We're looking forward to where we go this year. Um, We launched our new branding, Inspired by People, which I think really defines who we are as people because our focus and our mission is really on our people. It's all about hiring those people, keeping those people, keeping those people happy, um, engaging them, making sure they're passionate about what they do every day because at the end of the day, they're part of the change that's happening in our world. Mm -hmm. And so this inspired by people was really born out of our focus on people at the patients at the center, which is something that we came to define over the years. And now we're going to expand that beyond patients to healthcare professionals, policymakers, and all the other stakeholders who have a vested interest and an impact and an influence on healthcare. You actually just walked right into my next question about expanding the mission towards um, HCPs and other other constituencies. What can you take from you know GCI Health's strong legacy with patients that's going to translate over to you know different audiences? What are some things that might not translate, and that you know you might consider doing a little differently? Yeah, so I think there's been a lot of news lately around physicians and HCPs and the burnout factor. Mm-hmm. And so you know what I think people do is in general they take HCPs and they put them up here on a you know on a on the top when they really we're all really people right so what we want to do is really look at hcps and others as people people that are experiencing burnout who are dealing with the aca who are dealing with patient illnesses now one thing about physicians especially as well as other healthcare professionals is they also got into this business for one reason and one reason only usually is to help people and so whatever we can do is help communicate to them both rationally because we know they love the science and the data and all that you know innovation but they're also human beings we want to make sure we hit on the rational piece as well as the emotional piece is that is that something that often gets overlooked the fact that there is that they are people to component in addition to like well you know here's the science and how it lines up I mean, I think so. And I think what we need to do is look at ways to staying within our regulatory boundaries and legal boundaries, what we can do to really engage with HCPs the right way and really look at some more non-traditional ways to talk and work with them. Because I think they do want to be spoken to in a certain way. I mean, at the end of the day, they're solving problems, they're saving lives, they're treating people, but they're also you know, overwhelmed, overworked, mm-hmm. and really just trying to do their jobs. So if we can find kind of that sweet spot to really talk to them and engage with them and use the right channels to reach them, we're going to be having, you know, that'll give us an opportunity to really evolve where we are right now in terms of communications. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, entrepreneurship. Um, okay. Obviously, GCI's you know, growth, you know, wasn't in a vacuum. You know, it was, you know, there's a larger GCI unit and everything else. How challenging was it to build the company within the structure that was already established uh, when you came in 10 years ago? 
I mean, I think that's a great question um, because obviously you're building it within a holding company. Mm -hmm. And um, having worked at another holding company or within another holding company, I kind of knew the things to watch out for. Mm -hmm. So I work within that holding company and I really, really respect the holding company I work for, WPP. Yeah. They're, they're wonderful to us. Uh, we have wonderful partners within WPP with other agencies. I really enjoy working with them. We all kind of have the same modus operandi, yeah. so to speak. You know, it's interesting. I think, you know, for me, I do have a very entrepreneurial spirit and I applied that in a very different way than most people do. You know, I wasn't, I didn't have the luxury of going out and starting my own business and doing what so many people have done so amazingly in this industry and others. And so I just decided to apply that spirit to, you know, GCI Health. And to me, it's like, it's my baby. You know, like every day when I go to bed, I don't think about it being owned by another company. I think about it that it's owned by all of us. And I always tell our staff, this is our baby. This is our company. Let's do with it what we want to do with it mm -hmm. and not worry about all the other things around us and kind of block out all the other noise. You know, it's interesting to hear it phrased that way because I think um, a lot of situations, I maybe even say a majority of situations, it's thought of the other way. It's like, well, I might be running this particular, I might be in charge of this particular corner, but, you know, in the larger sense, you know, I'm not, you know, really doing that. What, what are some of the things you think that maybe, you know, obviously not asking to name names, but, you know, what, what are some of the things that other companies in the similar situation maybe do wrong or maybe not do as well as they could? I think at the end of the day that companies need to remember that when clients hire them, they expect them to be all in mm -hmm. um, for a long time. And companies don't usually want to look for other agencies. They want to keep that agency as a partner for as long as possible. Mm -hmm. So I think what I see is that it's just, for us, very important to treat our clients every day as if it's the first day we're working with them mm -hmm. and not ever look at an eight or a 10 or a 12 year relationship as if, okay, this is an older relationship. And I think some of, you know, some of the Take it for granted, basically. Right, and we never do that. You know, we have clients that we've had for 12, 15, eight, 10, years and I look at them every day and our and our team looks at them every day like what can we do for you today mm -hmm. you know how can we work with you how can we make sure that you're positioned in the right way and we're doing the right work and driving the right results um, well, when you were building GCI health over the last decade or so um, I don't want to say were there any missteps or you know any mulligans that you wish you had but what were some of the things that some of the decisions you made that could have slowed it potentially, but you know you took the right route instead of the instead of the you know you made the right turn instead of the left. Um, what were some of the pivotal moments in the growth of GCI Health from what it was to what it is? I mean, I think part of it is a way of working. So I think what I learned from my old agency was that when you get caught up in a lot of drama and a lot of swirl, it takes the focus off what you're trying to do. Yeah. And so. I swore to myself coming over to GCI Health that that will never, ever, ever happen to me again. And I'm lucky because the people at GCI, when I joined, were very much focused on being a very functional team. Mm -hmm. So I think that, to me, has been one of the things that I've pushed myself not to do is to get caught up in dramatic situations and, and also to drive a culture where people really respect each other and they treat each other well and that they're nice to each other and kind. I always think we're a very kind agency. And I think those kind of cultural things make all the difference in kind of creating a smooth operating, operating environment that people want to come work at. Mm -hmm. I don't think that answered your question directly, no, 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 but I think yeah. at the end of the day, what I tried to do was avoid mistakes and kind of made lists of places where I could go awry easily if I let myself and pulled myself back away from those situations. Mm -hmm. um, you talked about culture over the course of that last answer. Um, is it different building a culture in an organization like GCI, you know, again, under WPP and everything else, as it is, I mean, 
in, in a way, you think if you go in with a startup mentality, which is really what you described, versus like, okay, this is the way things are done in this company, you know, we got to keep certain hours, we got to do things a certain way. Um, I mean, can you can you kind of have the most, the best of it? You can have the sort of the startup thinking in terms of establishing the culture, but also avail yourselves of the best of what WPP or any other holding company has to offer? Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's the way you work and the values you have. So if you adopt certain values and you work a certain way, I think you can apply them anywhere. Is it harder to do it in a large, larger environment? Of course, because there's a lot of built-in potential bureaucracies. There's yeah. both built-in personalities that you may not have chosen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I consider myself very lucky that I was able to build the team from the kind of the ground up in a way. Mm-hmm. But I, I think anywhere I would go, I would still adopt the same kind of attitude. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I just, I feel, you know, Planned Parenthood is a huge organization. Mm-hmm. And still, when I got there, I definitely implemented a lot of different change. It may not have been change knocking people over the head and saying, get out of my way, I'm making yeah. this change, because that wouldn't have worked. new work. bosses in town now. Yeah, but it was definitely looking at ways we could do things differently. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, now that GCI, you know, your mid-sized agency of the year, um, a couple years ago, I think you would have submitted for a small agency of the year. Um, how, how has the competition changed? Um, are there different people you're seeing outside the uh, room after you're going for a pitch? Um, is there a different competitive set in terms of the companies you're working with? So I will say that the mid-sized category is the best and the hardest category to live mm-hmm. in. Um, and there's a few reasons. One, I think people are really attracted to working on mid-sized agencies right now because the creativity and the... Um, lack of bonds to have to do with certain things and you're not as you know regulated by holding companies and things like that so um, but at the end of the day it's very creative and th- the other thing is most mid-sized agencies are actually not owned by a holding company yeah so we they're were the, a very the targets unique, <laughs> we were in a very unique position with with winning it this year because we were part of a holding company and I think we're one of the f- we are the first PR agency in the mid-sized category to win I believe yeah. Or communications firms, so it was really, really exciting and really surprising mm-hmm. and um, just thrilling. You know, just absolutely thrilling. I, I want to also say, though, in the mid-sized category, there's just so many great people, like so many great people. And what I love about it is the ability to specialize in areas you love and care about and are passionate about, and do a great job. So it's kind of the best and the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about your client base. I know there's only so much you can probably say about specific accounts mm-hmm. or anything else, but um, it it's, strikes me that you know, GCI Health has diversified considerably mm-hmm. even over the last two or three years. Um, is that the case? And if so, h- how do you do that well? How do you do it in a way that you know, you're moving into a new area without kind of leaving you know, what got you there behind? Yeah, no, that's another great question. So you know, going into this business, one of the things that I looked at was that I wanted us to be all things health, not just one specific area of health. And while you know certain areas of health are incredibly, incredibly important from so many different vantage points, we don't want to also not think about other things like health IT and areas that may not be as saturated with PR or mm-hmm. communications or maybe starting some of the stuff. So we've specialized in a lot of different areas. Um, we are we have people that specialize in those areas. They're passionate about those areas. So for one person who might love doing women's health care, another person might love doing more biotech work, right? And every, what we do is we really push people to embrace what they love. And we are basically kind of client agnostic in that if you're in healthcare, if you're making a difference, if you're innovative, if you're passionate about wanting to really communicate, we really want you to be our client. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter sort of how big or how small you are because we really do want to touch all aspects of healthcare. 
um, what you said just there about how you know, big or how small you are. Um, is there an opportunity for a firm that's as established and as big as GCI Health is to work with startups to you know kind of get health you know take a devote some time devote some energy to companies that are just starting but you know could be the next big thing? We love that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I think that's something that our team is very very passionate about. And we have seen some of the smaller startups that we've worked with become, you know, part of a larger, you know, drug um, or purchase or acquisition, whatever. Um, We're finding now more that the smaller startups that we're working with are not being acquired as much. They're actually making a a go on their own. Mm -hmm. Um, So the whole idea of, you know, we both have children, right? So you have that child and then you you help it grow into a teen and an adult and you're there the whole way along. I mean, it's thrilling to see that happen. And then you're usually part of tremendous innovation when you do that as well. Mm-hmm. And so also it's very I inspiring. Ima- I would imagine, you know, you get a reputation as an organization that works well with startups. That's never a bad thing. You know, obviously we hear about the reverse quite often and, you know, like, well, what do you think of these guys? Like, I don't know. And then, you know, pull a fire alarm and run out before you're forced <laughs> to answer the question. Well, one of the things I love about working with startups, and I think it's more of my startup mentality in general, mm-hmm. is that you're working on bringing a product to market, but you're also bringing a company into the forefront, mm-hmm. right? So you're kind of doing both. And that allows you to bring much more of your communication base to life and to use those skills. Mm-hmm. And then you can also work closely with the senior management there, which allows them to kind of hear from you and to work with senior managers that normally you would not really get the opportunity to work with. Mm-hmm. And they will embrace more because they're making the final decisions. So there's a lot of positives. Yeah. Uh, this is a question that probably doesn't have an answer, but I'll ask it anyway. Okay. What's the dream client for our GCI Health? The dream client. I mean, the dream clients for us, and we have a lot of them. I mean, they're the ones who are really making a difference, that are really committed to communicating in new and different ways. Um, but I think for us, we get really, really I mean. Every one of our clients I can point to and say why that would be yeah. my dream client because as you would hear from my colleagues, I get excited about every client. You know, they can't stop me. I'm like, yeah. you know, and uh, and that's, you know, all of us were very excited about that. So I can't say one over the other, but I would say that I've just been so excited the past four to five years about the kinds of innovation that's coming into us that we get to work on. Sometimes it's a bit surprising. Like we don't even know it's going to be innovative. And then a year into it, we're like, wow, this is yeah. going to blow this disease apart and change the way this disease is treated. And it's just so cool. So yes, I did not answer your question. but <laughs> I wasn't asking for names. I figured that might be ambitious. Um, one longer question, then we'll go to the lightning round here. Um, what's next? Um, you know, you're embarking on you know, year 11 starting in February. Um, how do you chart out GCI's health, both for the short term and longer term? That's a great question again. So, you know, the last year has been so so much collaboration and so much kind of thought partnership coming into, you know, 2020. Mm-hmm. And what I really want to be part of is that over the last like 210 to 220, we were so engaged in thinking that the world was going to change so dramatically, that obesity was going to go away, yeah. that diabetes was going to be a cured. And I think we got there on a lot of levels. Where I see myself going is probably two places. One is really working on those disease areas, continue to work on them that are going, that need such great support, Alzheimer's disease you know, is a great example. Uh, mental health, another one that is stigmatized and, and underserved. So wherever I can put my energy in terms of kind of helping the world to be a better place for the healthcare work I do is probably where I really want to put my energy. And and the beauty of it is, is that GCI Health, we're very mission driven. So I can do this, our whole staff can do this. 
and you know really make a difference. Um, is there an area specifically you'd like to move into that maybe you don't have any clients or any work in right now? Um, I, one of the things you mentioned over the course of an answer, you know, you mentioned um, health IT, and that's such a big area and something that GCI has done wonderful things with. Almost nobody else is doing it at the level that you guys are. Um, is there a place that you want to move into possibly, or is that something that you know, let's see where the opportunities come? I think where our focus is going to be going into the next few years is definitely those disease areas that need that support already. We're working in them already, but you know, how can we further surround them maybe with other, maybe it's not just drug development, maybe it's through testing, maybe it's through prevention, mm-hmm. maybe it's through you know just kind of building out around those diseases. Um, the global work we've done this last year, I'm just so happy that we were able to kind of have these opportunities to, to go into these markets mm-hmm. and really build out so quickly, uh, which showed there was a huge need. And that's been really exciting. So I think those are the two. The other area that we built out last year, which I was really excited about and continue to be, is our global public health work. Mm-hmm. The more diversity we can bring into the agency, the better off we are going to be in the long run. All right. Quick lightning round. Uh, ostensibly, these are the questions that can be answered very quickly. But if you want more, you know, go for it, obviously. Um, what, what, what's your daily reading uh, Your daily reading list? What are the things that you like to check in with every, every uh, day? Well, definitely the MM&M morning brief, <laughs> definitely the PR week breakfast brief, yeah. and then my 300 to 500 emails yeah. pretty much take up my day. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, I mean, this is not a question. How, how do you get out from underneath all of that? You know, we get half of that and it feels like it's a full-time job in itself. Uh, I have like all these processes for like getting through my emails every day. Yeah. And um, I cleared out my entire inbox over the holiday. That was my big accomplishment. Mm-hmm. So wow. I started fresh. Yeah. <laughs> Start fresh. So and I keep by, looking at the number Friday, and saying, stop you know? going up. Stop yeah. going up because I want to bring it back down. Um, who, in your mind, are the best communicators uh, today in health and wellness? Well, I mean, I think the people on my team are the best. Okay. Um, but, God, that's a good question. Sally Sussman, mm-hmm. she comes to mind. She's, She's done an amazing job. Um, there's great people within WPP who I really admire who have done a great job. But I think if I were to think of one person that really stands out, it's probably Sally Sussman. She's incredible. Um, last question is uh, sort of the uh, crystal ball one. Give us a one, 100% sure shot guaranteed uh, prediction for 2020 in uh, healthcare marketing. One sure shot prediction for 2020 <laughs> in healthcare marketing. Well, the FDA is not going to go away. <laughs> or if it does, we're in even more trouble than we already <laughs> but are. But I you know? do think that communications and public relations are going to continue to play a really, if not more, definitely more important role, and we're going to continue to do more and more. It's going to be interesting with the election to see where yeah. we go with that. Because mm-hmm. right. there's so much you can do, and then there's so much you can't do. And so we're going to have to be extremely creative this year in terms of telling our story, mm-hmm. you especially know, in the United States. It, it's, it's funny, you know, with uh, the election coming up and everything else that's going on and how health is going to be a pivotal issue Definitely. in it. A lot of my, you know, emails were like, you know, like, hey, you know, here's wishing for a happy 2020. Here's hoping for a sane year. And I think we're all kind of holding our uh, breath that it will be a little bit. So I just think it's so interesting, like every one of these candidates talking about health and their points of view. And I just think like somebody could do an amazing job like writing down just their points of view on health and health policy and doing a comparison and then keeping that going as the year goes on. And, and how seeing the how they change. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's going to be very, very interesting to see where we get. Yeah, you wind up accidentally nailing somebody to the wall as a result of that, you know? <laughs> yeah, I always, you know, having now been doing this quite a long time, you know, I remember way back in like the late 80s, when I, I mean, I was around, I worked in HIV. That was my first thing I worked on in, in healthcare. So mm-hmm. that was 1985. Wow. Yeah. So I remember I said to somebody, well, DRGs will always be here. And they said, okay, yeah, you're right. And then like two years later, they were gone. Like that was a hospital, <laughs> something we used at the, at the nursing organization. <laughs> so it's just like this 
everything in healthcare, like the more it changes, the more it stays the same, the more it changes, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the beauty of the industry. This is, uh, you know, you know, doing what you do. It's still fun for you, huh? Yeah, still enjoying it. Wendy, I can't thank you enough for coming by here today. Um, You know, we... You know, we've known you for a long time. I'm glad we finally got a chance to converse in this context. Uh, Will you come back at some point? Of course. I would love to. Whenever you have an opening, call me. I'll be here. (laughs) It's only two blocks away. It's like, hey, what are you doing in 45 minutes? (laughs) Well, it's close, so I can just, like, run right over. There you go. (laughs) Wendy, thank you again. And this is the MM&M Podcast. Please look for it wherever you uh, find your podcast, whether it's Apple or anywhere else. For MM&M, this is Larry Dobrow. Thanks again.